Hello, my name is Dean Allen and I'm the author of uh, the book Empire, War and Cricket in South Africa. I'm a lecturer and a historian and also a public speaker and I'm looking forward to introducing what I do here today. Now one of the most uh, wonderful things as an author is when you walk into a bookshop and you can see your book on the shelves of, of the book as, as of the bookshelves which I've done here as you can see. Empire, War and Cricket, well what is it all about? I'm going to talk about that today. I'm proud to say that it's sold over 10,000 copies here in South Africa, but it's more than just a book. It's a story about my journey and my passion, which is history. Now, as a historian, I believe that history can teach us so much about not only what happened in the past, but what is happening today. Now, here in South Africa, of course, there are many questions about the political situation in business. And I believe that history can teach us about the future of South Africa and where we are today. Now, South Africa has many problems, as we know. Now, I've invested a lot of time and effort into this country, as you can hear from my accent. I'm from Britain originally, but I've fallen in love with this country. And I believe that South Africa is not the only country with a lot of questions to ask. Back in Britain, we have our own problems. Um, and uh, this man's at the helm, Boris Johnson, as you can see. But I believe that looking at the past, we can um, learn so much about the future, certainly in terms of business because business is about people. And I've invested uh, my time and my career in looking at the history of South Africa and the people. Now, people often ask, why do I spend so much time here? Well, it's a beautiful country. You can see from this image of Newlands Cricket Ground that uh, it's not a bad place to spend my time doing research. Now, I first arrived here in the mid 1990s uh, when South Africa was at a crossroads. So I've invested a lot of time and effort into the country and it has given me so much back. And it led to me doing a master's degree and a PhD at Stellenbosch University, which led to the release of the book that I'm going to be talking about today. Now, I didn't realize at the time that people were quite interested in my views of the country and, and how things work here. So when the book was released back in 2015, I had lots of interviews on TV and did lots of media work, which was quite, quite a privilege, really, for someone from England where... To be honest, uh, people tend to tell you their opinion. So it was a privilege for me to be able to share my, my um, experiences with people here in South Africa. And that's what I've been doing um, ever since as a public speaker. But you're probably wondering why this guy from England has written a book about Mikey's Fontaine. Well, I fell in love with the place as well as the people. And it all started here in the Karoo. You can see from this picture here, this is the desolate scene that most people see when they drive from Cape Town to Johannesburg. But I took the time to actually turn off. And what I discovered was this perfectly preserved Victorian village that you can see here. Now, you may not have even been to Mikey's Fontaine, but I'm sure you would have heard about it because what, it, what you see here is this um, product of the British Empire. Now, I was interested in how this was actually formed. Yes, those lampposts from London in the 1880s and 1890s, the ornate ironworks from the foundries of Scotland. You see, there's a story behind this place. Now, Rudyard Kipling once said, we would all remember our history if it was told in the form of stories. And that's what I've done over the past few years, which I'd like to share with you. The importance of history in actually learning about the past. For example, would you believe that this particular house in Mikey's Fontaine was one of the first private residences in South Africa to have its own electricity supply? I realized that there was quite a story behind this, and I built up a relationship with the community of this special little town in South Africa. Now, my passion is sport, and I also understood that the community had a passion for sport as well. So what I tend to do during my talks is give stories and often use sport as a lens through which to um, 
spread messages about today and about the future. Now here we have Mikey's Fontaine Football Club and I was privileged enough to donate a, a, a series of, of kit and, uh, and equipment from my team, Bristol City back in the UK. And it taught me a valuable lesson. You see these guys value sport and the togetherness of playing in a team. And in fact, they never lost for three years running wearing those shirts, which is quite different from the real team. Now in the background, you'll see the Lord Milner Hotel, one of the most famous buildings in South Africa, certainly one of the most famous hotels. Now it was going to be my journey to write the story of this special place, but I was inspired by one man to do this. And he taught me the principles very much of business and building relationships. And his name was David Rawdon. He bought Mikey's Fontaine in the late 1960s and brought it back to its former glory. Now, David Rawdon was known as the Laird of Mikey's Fontaine. Now, who was the first um, Laird of this special place? Well, it was this man, James Douglas Logan. Now, Logan was one of these guys that history has missed up until this, up until this point. And it was going to be my journey to write his story. Now, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, someone like James Logan can teach us so much about business and opportunity today. You see, he was born as a working class man in the late 1800s in Scotland, and he traveled down to South Africa as a 19 year old with really not much plan for the future. But he arrived just at the right time. You see, he was a railwayman. From in a matter of months, he became a porter and then the station master at Cape Town Station, and he made his money through opportunism, through entrepreneurship, through making the right connections. In fact, he made his money through gold and diamonds. Now that's something perhaps we, we can't equate today, but what I believe is his story teaches us so much about grasping opportunities. And this is what he built, Mikey's Fontaine, this perfectly preserved Victorian village in the middle of nowhere. And in fact, it became known as the oasis of the Karoo, where the rich and famous would visit. And it was all down to this man's ingenuity and, uh, and business sense in the late 1880s and 1890s. You see, Logan was aware of his personal uh, projection, PR we call it today, and he became famous not only here in South Africa, but back in Scotland and around the world. And we, as we can see here from these, this next picture, he knew how public relations worked. You see, he, was a, he became a darling of the press and he knew how to network and he knew how to make those right connections. And he used politics. That picture on the right, you can see, is James Logan's um, campaign poster. You see, by now, this young man was a millionaire, and he, he used politics to, to actually uh, make a way for himself in late, late um, Victorian period South Africa. But as I said, this is, a, this is a story of opportunism and making the right connections uh, that I think we can look at today. Now, you would have heard of Cecil Rhodes. Now, Cecil Rhodes is a controversial figure. Now, in my talks, I address the con controversy of, of people like Cecil Rhodes, but they did le leave a legacy here in South Africa. So we'll be looking at that. Now, Cecil Rhodes once said that he was going to paint Africa red for the British. And you can see here Rhodes Colossus with one foot in Cape Town, the other foot in Egypt, Cairo. He was going to build a railway right throughout um, South Africa or right throughout the African continent. You see, it was all about opportunism and making the right moves at that time. But now Cecil Rhodes is a controversial character. Many people often ask me my views on this man. You can see here that he is not regarded so highly today. But I believe that history is there to teach us about today and the future. It is something that we cannot hide from. 
So that's what I do at my talks. And I look at the, the kind of deals that took place at the time. Characters like John X. Merriman and James Sivright, part of Cecil Rhodes' government at the time. Would you believe that James Sivright, that man on the right there, he gave his friend James Logan a, a railway contract for 18 years without putting it out to tender. Now, can you think about recent comparisons in South African history? Well, certainly this man here in recent times has been controversial. That's right, our own Jacob Zuma. That's what I do, you see. I make comparisons with the past. I tell stories about the past that will actually inform us about today. Now, I've already mentioned James Logan's uh, ability uh, in terms of PR. There's another man across the, uh, across the other side of the world, of course, who's very good at PR, who's combined business of course, with politics, of course, Donald Trump there. But there's also a celebrity factor to this story. James Logan surrounded himself with the rich and famous. One of the first people he invited to Mikey's Fontaine was Olive Schreiner, the famous South African novelist. There's George Lohman, an international renowned cricketer. Other people to visit Mikey's Fontaine at the time, it's the who's who of the Victorian period. Lord Randolph Churchill, the father of Winston, and Rudyard Kipling visited Mikey's Fontaine. You see, Logan embraced what was happening at the time. He took the opportunity of, the, of what was given to him here in Southern Africa, and he embraced that to build things, to, make, to build uh, relationships and to build a network. And in fact, he even used sport as part of this. He was a benefactor of those early international tours. And here we have a picture from 1899 of James Logan on his own front stoop, that, that same, that same um, house that had its own electricity supply. He's surrounded by the who's who of world sport. But these were tumultuous times in world history. And of course, in 1899, South Africa was hit by the um, Anglo-Boer War. But here we have James Logan again, using this as an opportunity for self-promotion. He's proudly uh, positioned here on horseback as Major James Logan with his own regiment in front of his newly completed Hotel Milner. Now this was one of the most famous buildings in colonial South Africa and around the world at the time. In fact, James Logan used the opportunity of the South African War to take his own cricket team back to England. He did so in 1901. And here we have a picture of Logan's team with none other than W.G. Grace. Any sports fans listening to this will know that W.G. Grace, that man with the wonderful beard, was one of the most famous sports stars of the day. You can probably get a picture of James Logan, you see. Some people would probably argue that he was an opportunist. I believe that he was an entrepreneur. There are so many uh, facets of this story that we can actually look at in terms of business today. And here we have his crowning glory. In 1902, that working class Scotsman was invited to the coronation of King Edward VII at Westminster Abbey. Now, you can understand my passion for this story because this is a story that I enjoy telling, but it also, I can, I can uh, make sure this story fits your needs because I believe that history should be entertaining. And what better to, uh, to inspire us with stories of the past. Now, James Logan's story has left us a legacy here in South Africa. We have Mikey Spontane. This, you can step back in time in this colonial outpost out in the middle of the Karoo. But for me, I was inspired by the people. It's all about people and the relationships. So the people of Mikey's Fontaine are why I tell this story. And the book, which came out of this wonderful journey, took me 10 years to write. It came from a PhD. You see, I'm the first person in my whole family to go to university. So it is quite a privilege to be able to share this story with you. So I hope you'll be able to engage with me at some point, And I really look forward to, uh, 
um, offering something different for a function or maybe even in an MC role that uh, you can, you, we can inspire not only your, your, your workforce, your colleagues, but perhaps potential clients in this special form of history that I present here. Thank you very much for your time.